During my sermon last month on beauty and blessing, I showed this picture. It is the Yellowstone Falls at the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone River. Getting to the Falls Overlook, which is where this picture was taken, involves a hike. There's a great view of the falls without the hike. And there was a little tussle within me and a conversation with my husband about whether or not to hike to the Overlook. It was only something, some sort of pull that drew me to that, to hike to that landing. Some curiosity maybe about the view, the ability to, to be able to look down and over and into the river that allowed me to get this picture. Only when I was willing to go the distance, to go right to the edge and look over and down was the rainbow visible to me. Often we don't know what beauty awaits us until we are willing to go the distance, to do hard things, to push our limits, to walk to the edge. I've been thinking about what it looks like for a congregation to do this. We aren't at the falls of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone River, but we are somewhere in a time out of time. It feels like life has been lived at the edge this last couple of years. Things have changed. We have an opportunity to examine our future anew and determine where we go from here and in what way. How willing are we to do what it takes to look over? What distance do we need to cross to find the beauty that awaits us? And what are the ways that we show up <clears throat> for each other in our community? I have appreciated this community every day this week. Every day after I let you know that there were vigils happening daily, people from this congregation showed up every day, sometimes one or two, sometimes four or six, but someone other than me was there from this congregation. Sometimes maybe we're driven to the edge by our own heartache, maybe. When you hear the words, be more gay, what do you think? What do you think of? Call it out. I'll repeat it into the mic so that people on Zoom can hear. How? Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> that was from Tamar. <laughs> just so just so everybody knows. That was from Tamar. Okay. She's gay. <laughs> what does it mean? What do you think of means? Okay. So I ask around this week, fortunately for you. <laughs> It means, well, here's what people told me when I asked this question. They said, more joyful, more hopeful, more challenging, curious, open, colorful, flamboyant, out there, a centering of those on the margins, imagination and creativity. San Diego, where I lived for many years, has their Pride Festival in July. June is officially Pride Month, but it's, there's June gloom in San Diego. and. July is just so much better for it. And 
I just want to share with you today that I saw things at the Pride Parade that I'd never seen before. Um, Unitarian Universalists are always there. There's a big contingent that marches in that Pride Parade, and it's one of the largest in the country. So it's, it's big. Um, dykes on bikes. The Leather Boys. Big Bear Romp. The Renegade Derby Girls. Soapy Joes, which is a float with plexiglass on all sides and people in it in their swimsuits dancing while soap bubbles are co continuously propelled into the box. And so they're dancing around and all that slithering around really and all that lather. And then the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence which is a leading order of queer and transgender nuns who believe that all individuals have a right to express their unique beauty and joy. It's fun, y'all. It's a celebration of the human spirit and the body in a way that makes space for all those things that were named for what it means to be more gay, more joyful, more hopeful, flamboyant, curious, colorful, open, it reminds me that that's who and how I want to be. But for some of us, including me, all those years ago, it means having to make what is unfamiliar to us familiar. It means making the strange familiar. So I'm, I'm going to confess to you that I made myself play that video for the prelude because when I watch it, I'm aware that there are things in it that make me uncomfortable. But what I know is that if I keep watching it, I get to love. And I make what seems strange familiar to me. One of the reasons for pride parades and festivals is just what Bella said earlier. It's to remember, it's to celebrate, but it's also to counter the hate that flows toward the LGBTQIA community and to access, access and celebrate queer joy. In response to the nationwide rise in anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, rhetoric and violence, a UU church in Colorado developed Be More Gay, their intersectional movement of joyful visibility and community support centering LGBTQ plus youth and their families and black indigenous people of color, Latinx and immigrant communities. It's intersectional. They are offering a place that affirms and celebrates differences a place that supports parents, community organizations, and leaders, and all citizens in being enthusiastically welcoming. Be more gay. Several years ago, this congregation went through the Welcoming Congregations Program of the Unitarian Universalist Association. In order for a UU congregation to call itself a welcoming congregation, a significant number of members have to complete this program. We can call ourselves now a welcoming congregation. 
Several weeks ago, we received a ret an envelope returned to us in the mail. It was addressed to someone in Leesburg that I don't know. But the envelope was returned to our mailbox because whoever sent it had written our church's address as the return address. Instead of UU Church of Loudoun, though, it said LGBTQ Church with the church address. I opened it to see what it might contain since it had our address as the sender. I don't know why it wasn't delivered to the intended recipient, but I'm glad it wasn't. Sadly, the contents were what I would describe as hate mail. It was clearly intended to shame, embarrass, and humiliate the recipient. Hate is still out there. Now, I don't mind for a single second that we are thought of as the LGBTQ church. Not one minute. But the struggle for human rights and dignity based for all is ongoing. In Guiding Principles for a Free Faith, UU theologian James Luther Adams writes, progress is now seen not to take place through inheritance. Each generation must anew win insight into the ambiguous nature of human existence and must give new relevance to moral and spiritual values. I'm just going to say that again. Progress is now seen not to take place through inheritance. Each generation must anew win insight into the ambiguous nature of human existence and must give new relevance to moral and spiritual values. Each generation must anew find and work toward insight. We can build on what those before us learned and what they built, but we must find our way anew. Isn't this true of so much of life? I so want things to be one and done, but each year life proves otherwise to me. We can be a certified welcoming congregation from the early 2000s, but reality changes and shifts, so we must renew our commitment to that and what we know about it. We have to keep up with current issues and educate ourselves. We must be willing to change, to be more open, to be more gay. We can do a board orientation or a committee orientation, but when new board members come on the board, we need to do it again. When a committee chair changes or an event happens in our community or new members join, all of those change the congregation in some way, fortunately for us. The anti-racism work that was done in the 1960s and 70s is different than the work we do today. At least it should be. And then a virus th sweeps through. 
Each generation must anew win insight. Each generation must give new relevance to moral and spiritual values. We call this Unitarian Universalist faith a living tradition. Our revelation is not sealed. Our vision for and of beloved community means that we acknowledge an ever-changing creative force that exists beyond our control. James Luther Adams continues, we must depend on reality that breaks through encrusted forms of life and thought to create new forms. The church we are today is not the church we were when we did the Welcoming Congregations program before. We put our faith in a creative narrative that is recreative. We have to stay current. Be More Gay makes me wonder beyond being LGBTQ friendly. It makes me wonder what it really looks like to welcome all people as blessings and to truly hold each other in that love that will not and does not let us go. See, we all have our stuff. We come to be in community, often when our hearts are hurting, when our lives feel in disarray. And in those times, we come to find a place to be and to belong. So we can be eventually happier and more joyful and more open. It just feels better and freer than to be closed off and worried all the time. But we do come, I hope, to be seen and known and accepted, warts and all. So let's talk about the word queer. In the distant past, it was often thought of as a slur. So some of you may be feeling some rejection reactions to hearing that word spoken from, by, from this mouth, right, in this pulpit. But that word has been reclaimed by the queer community. Scholar and activist Bell Hooks writes, queer as not about who you're having sex with, that can be a dimension of it, but queer as about being about the self that is at odds with everything around it and has to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live. Let's be that place, a place where we can be at odds with everything and come here to create, speak, thrive, and live, to envision anew. And there's another word, queering. An example of queering would be to reread texts through a queering lens to see how sexual orientation and gender identity may show up. For example, if you read the story in the Bible about Ruth and Naomi, and you, you are queering that story, then you're looking at the relationship between Ruth and Naomi as an intimate loving relationship, and not necessarily as how we may have been taught that it was.
a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. Whether you go, I shall go, she said. In many ways, it is again taking the familiar and looking at it in a new way. So instead of making the strange familiar, we're making the familiar strange. We're looking at it through a different or a certain lens. To question, it means to question our assumptions and be in our discomfort, to ask more questions, to go deeper, to look at things in new ways. We can practice querying literature or religion or maps even. So over the summer, I ask you to ponder, what does it look like for our congregation to be more gay? And no, I'm not just talking about gender identity or sexual orientation. I'm asking what it looks like for people to know that they are helped, that they are loved and appreciated, that they can trust. And it seems like, well, of course we do this. But I think about those who struggle with their mental health, with depression or bipolar disorder, with alcohol or drug addiction or both, those with differing abilities, those whose children are struggling, those who carry shame or guilt, who struggle with the way their body looks, who are wounded by their religious past or family trauma, those who are grieving. I guarantee you that someone other than you fits one or more of these descriptors. But maybe they work for you as well. What if being more gay means we look beyond those labels and see each person as a blessing, as a gift? What if being more gay means it's safe for all of us to be who we are here, to be accepted and loved and even possibly healed? What if being more gay means we all get to be more whole? That doesn't mean that there are no boundaries on behavior. Any healthy community knows that part of taking care of each other involves boundaries. Boundaries help people be able to grow and flourish. But sometimes I think that the reason we only go so deep is that we don't know how to deal with some of the issues that come up. But I think that that may be one task of the religious community is to know how to be present with each other in those deepest times. And there are good resources out there for us. I'm going to do a little interjection here. I know that you have seen those signs along the road about stopping big rehab. And I'm not going to get into what you, if you live on, on this road, need to do about that. But I am going to say this as your minister, that if that 
rehabilitation facility materializes here in this community. That we should be a beacon of hope for the people who are there. As far as I'm concerned, we should be knitting blankets or crocheting or whatever you do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But whatever you do to take down there and say, this is from this church, you would be, you would be welcome here. Wrap yourself in love. Reverend Barbara Myers has written a short book titled Held, Showing Up for Each Other's Mental Health. It is touted as a book written for every member of the congregation. It says so right there. I believe that we should read that as a congregation and know how to do it. We, can, we could study it together. There is a welcome, welcoming congregations renewal online that helps us learn what it means to be transgender why pronouns are important and how to be an authentic relationship. And there's a six week online workshop from the Transforming Hearts Collective. There are so many other resources available to us and we do not have to do them all over the summer or the fall or even accomplish all that by next year. But as you move through this summer, and are present with the summer sermon series amid your resting. I hope you ponder what it means to kindle the flame of love and justice, what it means now to be, to be a place where being part of the queer community is not just tolerated, not just welcomed, but joyfully celebrated. And that celebration and joy is something that we all take part in. May we renew our commitment to this faith as a living tradition, as we choose again and again to side with love, to be joyful, open, hopeful, colorful, and yes, flamboyant. May we all be more gay. Blessed be and amen.